we don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. And the human race is filled with passion, medicine, law, business, engineering. These are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, beauty, romance, love, these are what we stay alive for. To quote from what men, O oh me, O oh life of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish. What good amid these, O oh me, O oh life? Answer, that you are here, that life exists, and identity, that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. That the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? Good morning, guys. Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. He wants mojo filter. He said one ten thousand years will give you such a crick in the neck. Got to be good looking, cause he's so hard to see. Come together. He's the day. If you ever disrespect my wife again, I will end you. Over me. <laughs> Anybody says, you always be a prince to me. Hello, folks. Welcome to NYC Actors Talk, Robin Williams, a podcast series where we go through the best performances of Robin Williams and search for his absolute best role. And we ask the question, what is his greatest role? And this is our final episode of NYC Actors Talk, Robin Williams. We've gone through now, at this moment, uh, 15 of uh, what is considered his best performances. Robin Williams was a legend. Uh, he was just one of the finest actors of our time. And it's it's gonna be hard to to pick what is, you know, uh, our, our favorite, uh, Hunter. By the way, Hunter's a co-host. Uh, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nick also, by the way, if you wanted to know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let, but, let the people know who we are, man. Let yeah. the people know. <laughs> Let the people know. But yeah, so I'm Nick. And I'm Hunter. And um, we got a special guest today, Stephanie Moran. Hey, Welcome back. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got round two with Stephanie. Mm-hmm. I'm excited oh. for this one. Yeah. So uh, we today, for our very last episode, we're talking about Dead Poet Society, um, a 1989 film. Uh, Robin's second ever Oscar nomination, uh, the start of the peak era for Robin, which is kind of hilarious because this is our last episode, um, and uh, it's it's one of his most iconic roles ever. I mean, just like you know, just like you know, uh, historically, you know, just like you know, the, when when people mention Robin Williams, they mention a few key movies like this one. So uh, yeah, this is a huge one, just like the the past couple that we've covered near the end of our series. Uh, so yeah, uh, just a few interesting fun facts that I, uh, that I, I found out about the movie is that so many people were, uh, uh, at different times, they were all, a bunch of actors were considered for the role, 
of Josh Keating. And I'll just kind of list them all because they're all wildly insane <laughs> and different. Uh, Alec Baldwin, Bill Murray, Liam Neeson, Mickey Rourke, Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> and finally, uh, Mel Gibson uh, <laughs> was also considered for the role of Josh Keating. Now, uh, I think we can all agree that all of those choices would not work as well as Robin Williams. I don't know. The only one that I think would have given like a pretty good performance, I think. I don't think you can compare them, but um, I would have liked to see Bill Murray in this role. Just to see, what, because he's another one of my favorite actors, um, comedians. And so it would be interesting to see him in the role. But I definitely think it was like, it was meant to go to, to Robin. Yeah, I, uh, Mel Gibson. I want to see Mel Gibson. <laughs> really? Just because. Not anymore. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sorry but um, imagine if mel gibson imagine if mel gibson was in this movie and it'd just be like what the fuck is mm. happening is this a, it's gonna turn into an action movie right it i was gonna to say it was it would be a very different intense the tone movie. yeah, yeah the it would just be something very i don't know yeah. you would take out a ruler and start like hitting everyone i don't know yeah. uh but yeah that that would be insane but like you know i i think we all agree though that uh, robin williams was uh, perfect yeah. uh for for this role uh, this is directed by Peter Weir, is uh, I think how you pronounce his last name. Uh, he's known at least, uh, I know him at least from uh, directing, or for directing, uh, The Truman Show, a Jim Carrey movie. Uh, and that's like a whole series of itself, like Jim Carrey, like, hmm, hmm, sequel, <laughs> sequel. No. Um, uh, actually, a sequel might be, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Oh, God. <laughs> But <laughs> hey, we're 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 hey, hey, hey. we're rushing into. No foreshadowing. No foreshadowing. <laughs> I don't want to force anything, Hunter. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, he's known for a bunch of movies, though. This this director, but uh, that that's that's where I know him from. But yeah. So let's just uh, let's just talk about Dead Poet Society. This is a as I said, a huge one. So Stephanie, your mm -hmm. thoughts on Dead Poet Society? Yeah, I mean, this movie has a very. Um... Like it, it had a very, very big impact on me when I first saw it in high school. Um, I actually saw it in my um, writer's craft class in high school. Um, our teacher showed it to us. And it was it was one of the main reasons I actually went on to take English lit in university. So it had like a huge, huge impact uh, for me. And I, I, I yeah, it's it holds a special place in my heart for sure. Awesome. Hunter. Yeah. So if aliens came down uh, to the world and said, hey, show us what it is, what it means to be human, I, I don't know what to show them. Do I show them like a flower? Do I show them like a song? No, I show them this movie. This movie has literally everything there is to be human. I mean, it has art. It has love. It has agony. It has loss it has everything and so i love this movie i think it's i've said this a few times on uh <laughs> on not even this series but in this just in the podcast in general this is one of the best movies i've ever seen man uh and honestly i it really is though uh but yeah those are that, that's what i'll say for now how about you nick yeah uh, i think there's only one word to describe this movie and that's inspiring uh, it's uh, it's so sincere. It's 
but it's also so monumental and it's it's heartbreaking and it's real it's it doesn't feel fake you know this movie just feels like you're going to school and you're meeting this incredible teacher this incredible friend uh josh keating and mm -hmm. uh i've only seen this movie once uh seven years ago so it's been a, a long time since i've seen this movie and uh, the mm -hmm. it it was 2014 and it was the year that Robin Williams uh, passed away. And uh, right after he passed, I was like, either either I or or someone or, or my mom uh, was like, hey, let's watch Dead Poet Society. And I was like, oh, I've never seen that one. And uh, and she was like, oh, it's it's one of the best. So we, 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 we watched it and I was blown away back then. And I still am now. I mean, you know, I, I, I definitely want to, you know, deep dive into as much as possible into this movie but yeah it's it it it's it changed me a bit and it's and it still does and it it's a, it's a great movie yeah yeah uh i love this movie because it, i feel like everyone has a really interesting story about like when they first watched it you know and like it it had like the how much impact it had on them so i i love hearing people's people's uh stories about that because it's it is it is so impactful and, and I think probably, and you guys can speak to this, um, being young men watching it too, I'm sure has a huge impact on you as well, because I think art is oftentimes um, seen as something that should only be consumed by women or created by women. And um, it's like a very feminine thing to, you know, like art and poetry and all these things. And so to see it um with that lens in this film where it's like teaching young boys that like art is is what makes you human and what makes you vulnerable is is a good thing um yeah i'm, I'm sure it, it had a big impact on a lot of young boys and men as well and i i know i remember that you mentioned this hunter in our i think goodwill hunting uh yep. review where you said like robin williams perfectly encapsulates just like you know like let men or just let people in general be vulnerable, be sensitive, mm -hmm. be, be sincere. You know, sincerity is often mocked in a lot of ways. And, you know, not to say that it, you know, it, it, it should not be in some cases, because sometimes that sincerity is often in movies a forced or, or, or not actually real, but real sincerity is rare. And when, when it shows up, you, it's, it's wonderful to, to see that. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've been watching Ethan Hawke interviews a lot too. Uh, cause he's in this movie, obviously. Um, he is. and yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> um, and the, the way that he talks about being in this movie and the way that he talks about Robin Williams and how Nick, how you just said, like, oftentimes it, it comes off as like forced, you know, like being sincere and stuff like that. Uh, but I think he talks about Robin Williams and how like sensitive, how much of a sensitive heart he had as a person. And even the director said like, hey, I want it to be like, I want this character to kind of be part of you. Like I want you to put yourself in this character as much as possible. Um, and it comes off beautifully and so real. Yeah, and I and as you mentioned many times, Hunter, that like you want to see that in his performances, that like you know, not just like, you know, 
uh, uh, great acting from him, but also like to either to let him go or to like, you know, kind of, sh- you know, be himself in some ways in, in mm-hmm. his roles. So, yeah. And I thought what was super interesting about uh, some of the behind the scenes things that I, I uh, researched about this movie is that uh, initially, at least when Robin Williams was acting uh, in the movie, he was a little uncomfortable at first he was he was very yeah he, like he just uh he was just a little wooden a little uncomfortable and so the director suggested that you know um when he's teaching the class um you know like you know just kind of let go and improvise and and just like you know like you know when you're teaching Shakespeare you know do with these impressions of like Marlon Brando John Wayne <laughs> And, you know, it does some some uh, critiques of the movie I, I've read, you know, say like, oh, like that comes out of nowhere. And I, I disagree, I think, because the whole his whole performance in this movie is so real and so him that like that doesn't come out of nowhere to me. But I thought it was interesting that like, you know, once again, as a through line, like, you know, we, we have to have those moments because that's him where, you know, he does these, you know, hilarious impressions and, and that really you know, either uh, move people or, or light up their lives. So I thought that was super interesting that, like, after that happened, you know, after he did those impressions in the movie, uh, they, the the role in the movie started to come together. <laughs> I was going to mention that, like, you, could, you can start to see when, he, like, Robin starts to peek through in the character, which I think is so endearing. And you can, I think I read somewhere that they actually... Uh, film this chronologically that's right and so it makes a lot more sense when you watch it with that in mind because it it really you do start to see him almost warm up within himself as the movie goes on which is interesting and just like him warm up warming up to like the the whole cast all the kids Mm -hmm. yeah uh uh the first time i saw it was in high school too and one of the lines i would always quote is uh is this a dagger i see (laughs) before me (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's, it's the perfect it's like so good yeah since it's been so long since i've watched this movie i didn't realize how funny it was in this too like like obviously mm-hmm. it's a very it's a very subdued performance still and everything like it's definitely not it's definitely unlike everything we we've seen even up to this point in mm-hmm. our uh in our mm-hmm. series but but like he still naturally you know injects humor into it and actually i think 15 percent of the dialogue is is improvised by him and it's just like it doesn't feel improvised you know what i mean like it like like it like there, there's so many comedies or or, or you know or, or just like you know injected funny moments in movies that feel just kind of like either not very natural or you like you just know they were like telling you know the the director or whatever was just telling the actors like all right just riff you know say something funny i guess you know while we transition to this next bit and it's just like yeah that's not the way to do it but and I don't even know if that if, if maybe it was that way in this, but like it works, you know what I mean? Like it, like I I have no idea, but but it just feels like it's purposeful, and it and it and it you're just hanging out with this wonderful teacher that it who this wonderful teacher who's changing these kids' lives forever for the better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, wish I had a teacher like that. <laughs> I wish there were more teachers like like him for sure. I think the world would be a better place for sure. Yeah, he uh, he also reminds me of a couple of teachers or or directors or you know just yeah people that I I know mm-hmm. or knew, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that's that's a big part of the success of his performance in this is that you can 
you can see other people in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. Uh, uh, fuck Red Foreman, dude. <laughs> that guy's such a fucking asshole. Is that the, who is that? That's uh, the uh, Neil's dad. Neil's dad. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, who played by the that seven yeah. uh, the seventy yeah. show yeah. guy, which, which so I didn't know about as a, you know seven <laughs> years ago. But watching it again, yeah. I was like, wait, it's the asshole guy. Yeah, I literally, I was on the edge of my bed in tears, and I was like, fuck you, man, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Like, let's kind of you know at least run through some of the main yes, kind of yes, beats definitely. of the movie just to just to you know start start from somewhere so yeah the beginning of the movie is is very striking and 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 it, it it what what stood out to me the most in the beginning was like you know we have these pictures of these children on the wall and then we have these flags and one raises up and it says tradition and and obviously that's such a big uh theme in the movie or, or, or at least, you know, uh, the antithesis of tradition is, is a big theme of the movie and everything. Uh, so I thought that, that, that immediately I was like, Oh wow. I didn't even, I don't, I didn't remember this. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, tradition in, in a lot of ways isn't awesome, but you know what I mean? Like it was like, Oh, striking, you know, like, mm-hmm. Oh wow. Like it's already starting, you know, the, the story and I, I didn't mm-hmm. even know it. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, so uh, Ethan Hawke, uh, yeah, he, uh, Todd, right? That's his name? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, he, he's starting out in school. He's, he meets Neil. He meets all these kids. Um, it, it seems like a very, you know, prestigious, but very boring school. And, you know, it's... It, and Neil is like, you know, he wanted to take this one course. Now he can't because of his father. And so, like, they're all kind of trapped. And they're all just kind of like, all right, you know, going through the motions. And then Josh Keaton comes in. There's good tradition and there's bad tradition. And I think that's sort of what this film is sort of about. Like you have the good tradition of the Dead Poet Society where they go and they feel like a sense of family. And then they have the bad tradition of like this very strict regulated system that's around them at such a young age. Um, so it, it is very, very interesting. Right off the bat, you see this very sort of like incredibly strict tradition being instilled on these very impressionable children really it's crazy we start off this with this great scene where you know i mean we're introduced to him a little before the the first class but but like like he he enters the room everyone's kind of like you know still you know just like Mm -hmm. waiting for him to say something you know but basically like tell me what to do you know Mm -hmm. and and you know so he enters and he knows what's up like he knows this is ridiculous so he's just kind of looking around like okay (laughs) Then he leaves the room and everyone's just like, huh? And and, he, and then he's like, come on, come on, guys. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they're all just like, and it's so natural, too. They're like, it does. They don't just immediately leave. They're like, OK, you know, and, and like a few leave, then like some people uh, follow. And yeah, so we have this wonderful, wonderful scene where he's. Well, not only uh, describing, you know, just like what carpe diem is, but also like, you know, something very striking that that I that stood out to me was like, you know, he says like we're we're food for worms, and uh, kind of this eerie foreshadowing where when he says that we cut to Neil, um, but yeah, so he says that and he's like, look at these people, they're dead mm-hmm. now, um, and you know, and and then we have this wonderful, you know just like haunting but also beautiful moment where he's like you know pretending to be the voices of the ghosts of these people saying mm-hmm. you know carpe diem and all that and 
And it, it, yeah, it, 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 it's like what a good first impression for this movie, <laughs> for his performance, because it's just like, because it gets even better after that. And it's just like beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful stuff. That is actually, for me, one of the most emotional moments of the film. And I may, maybe it's only been since he passed away, but like him saying all that stuff just like hits me. Like I just, it just yeah. affects me in a, such a way now. It's creepy. Yeah. Um, Nick, you talked about the foreshadowing of what happens to Neil at the end. Um, and there's a moment that I, I don't know if it was intentional, but uh, there's a moment before that when they're, they're just like getting into the dorms and like all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, what's up? And he's smiling, he's smiling, he's smiling. And then as soon as he turns away from them, it just goes blank. And I was like, oh shit. Only because I knew what happened at the end. I was like, damn, I don't know if anybody told him to do that, but it was almost like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as you're alone, it's like, oh, fuck. I don't know. I thought that that was brilliant acting by by the guy. And I do agree, Stephanie. It is one of the best moments of the movie. I, I'm just saying, like, there's so many other great moments, too. I know. That it, there's it's so hard many to, to pick from. It's, yeah. it's really hard to pick, Stephanie. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so that that's a wonderful moment. I once had an acting teacher at AMDA, shout out Ray Verda, um, but he was... We, we once had a scene and he was all like, look, may- maybe it's raining in the scene. How are you going to know how to do it in the rain? Mm-hmm. You need to find a day when it's raining and you need to go right. with your scene partner and do that scene in the rain. Or like mm-hmm. we had a scene where we're smoking a cigarette and he's like, look, I'm not telling you to go out and smoke a cigarette, <laughs> but, al- yeah. but also how are you going to know how to smoke a cigarette without having smoked the sick you know what i mean it's like yeah it's also very the whole concept of like method acting right it's like that's sort of why that kind of works so well in most cases mm-hmm. it can be very detrimental to your mental health but um it can it can be very very helpful in just getting in the body of the person that you're trying to you know yeah be. and so it's like yeah i get that yeah it's just so interesting the different ways to to learn art and none of them not none of them but none of them come from like sitting down and like you know what i mean it's like oh you gotta learn by doing it and that's why even his uh his thing about conformity is very was very interesting it was very interesting to watch um Mm -hmm. the class kind of do that yeah so we have these scenes where like yeah he he's he's teaching them by doing as you both were beautifully saying that that yeah like you know we he like kick the ball you know say a verse and then kick the ball <laughs> yeah. and it's like you know no, no school would actually do that in real life but <laughs> but um uh, but it is like amazing and and it's just like you know it, it, but in a way it should happen in real life you know where it's like you know it's just like this endearing kind of moment after moment of just him saying like hey let me challenge you on this let me you know let let me break you out of your shell let me let's see what you can really do and he's like you know call me captain or whatever right oh captain Mm -hmm. my captain and so like you know they're trying to you know they they realize like oh he was you know he went to the school and there was this dead poet society so they're like hey let's talk to him about it hey Mm -hmm. hey uh keaton mr keaton and he doesn't turn around he doesn't you know uh respond and then they're like captain and then he turns like yes (laughs) (laughs) i love that i know uh, and and also he uh, uh, such a warm moment where like he takes the the yearbook and he like crouches down to read it you mm-hmm. know what I mean like he doesn't like he's on his own he's in his own world his own wavelength yeah. where like but it's like so sincere and and warm mm-hmm. and so full of empathy that like it, it's wonderful to see so it's almost like recognition of like 
like burn it <laughs> almost in like like it's not me anymore or like I went through it or you know that I, I wonder sometimes what was going through his head when he was creating the care like the character's backstory that we don't actually get to see um sort of why he maybe made those choices beautiful <laughs> that's the key word for this episode beautiful <laughs> Yeah. In that moment where he where he's crouching down and they're like, "What's the poet society? What's the poet society?" And he's all like, "Can you keep a secret?" And I'm like, "Oh shit, this is about to be big!" <laughs> like, <laughs> and also it's so funny because it, it's sort of like it's it's you know they're seeing it as like this secret thing and it's like it's a bunch of teenage boys getting together and reading poetry to each other. But like the way that they were able to create such like tension around it and such sort of like. You know, it's like this secret society. It just like it's, it's specifically for teenage boys being like, this is how we make it exciting, and like it's like, oh, well, we can go into this little cave and, you know, have have fun. It's, yeah, it's it's, really it's, it's this thing that should be normal, but because they're yeah. in such a conservative, strict school, absolutely, it's this it's this monumental thing. Oh, reading mm -hmm. poetry, sharing something with each other, being yeah. vulnerable, being you know sincere that's such a foreign concept to us that mm -hmm. it's just like it's just something so exciting and new to them and it's also a funny movie too like i yeah. you know I, I i was actually preparing myself for like this really serious dark movie and it is in a lot of ways too don't get me wrong but like mm -hmm. but it is like fun and funny and, and and charming i think charming might be more uh uh might suit this movie more like it, it's just like it's it, it can be light and 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 beautiful and charming too and all, the, all the, you know all the back and forth between the kids uh the, you know they go to the meeting and they're like joking around like i am the dead poet you know and all that <laughs> all those moments and uh and also like what a beautiful uh, uh what beautiful imagery too with the woods and everything and the music very very 80s very, 80s. <laughs> very. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Also, uh, uh, specifically, the guy that plays Nuwanda does such a good job mm -hmm. at keeping everything light and funny. You know, like brings like, the levity for sure. Yeah, like I feel like Neil and 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 Todd's characters are kind of going through their own shit. And like Neil is very passionate. Don't get me wrong, but Nuwanda's like, hey, this is kind of fucking silly too. You know what I mean? It's like he does such a great job at at keeping that light. Yeah. And they're still boys, you know, like they, you know, they have mm -hmm. a, you know, a picture of a naked woman, you know, and they're just like, you know, they're so it, it's just like they're hanging out, you know, trying to relate to each other, trying to connect with each other in, in their own ways. And yeah, it, it, it seems so personal. And, and that's why I, I like those scenes a lot. Yeah, yeah. Too. totally. And and then we yeah, so we we, we kind of get to some of the subplots that kind of branch out throughout the movie, uh, the, specifically the big three that are like um a neil story obviously with his father and acting you know and that obviously that strikes such a chord with me that we'll get into in a second but yeah. um <laughs> but uh and, and then there's todd's story ethan Hawke's story about just like coming out and being confident being yourself and 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 being okay to be vulnerable and, and to speak out uh and and then we have uh, the romantic storyline the subplot as much as i i love this movie uh, and I do like moments in that subplot. I think if I had to critique something, if I had to critique something, it would be that just because, and I'm sure you guys already know, but like the scene where he, 
the the scene where he like kisses her kind of uh, as when she's like uh, unconscious passed out yeah <laughs> it's it's passed out uh let's yeah. be real it passed out yeah. uh it, it's a little dated not a little it's it's pretty dated now mm-hmm. uh and it's mm-hmm. not not great if i had to take not something great. out of the movie i'd take probably that out uh but it, it he does he does get punished for it so it, mm-hmm. at least in that scene so like True. look it's it's not ideal i wish it was in, not in the movie but i you know i i won't i do want to address that you know seven years ago i was like i didn't i probably didn't think much of it me at all neither. I, I, I didn't think twice about it and this was the first time i've watched it in quite a while and i i i watched it with a bit of a different lens now um and it was like oh shoot okay yeah i didn't notice that before while watching it i was like no no, please, God, no. I yes. Stop. Stop. I love this movie. Please stop. I know. I know. That's what I was thinking, too. But, like, thankfully, you know, it, it's not a huge part of the movie. And, you know, I, the rest of the movie we're going to praise. But I just wanted to, uh, if there's a for little, sure. if there's, like, a little blemish in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, you there's know, room it, for growth. There's, there's room, room for, for growth, growth. In, <laughs> yeah. in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially during that time. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, besides that, uh, so let's talk about the other subplots. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the the subplots that are really what the movie's all about, and uh, and you know, so we have Todd's uh, kind of uh, story, and and uh, maybe my favorite uh, m- uh, scene of the whole movie is when you know, I, well, at first, uh, uh, Josh Keaton is like, oh, let uh, 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 write your own poem you know uh uh uh, and have it due by you know monday or whatever and and then he you know he and he says to todd you know like i know this terrifies you bye and and it's just like (laughs) and and, and i was like asshole (laughs) (laughs) asshole (laughs) but like you know so todd is writing you know but like you know we have this scene where neil is like i want to be an actor you know i i'm gonna try out for this role and this wonderful scene too where like he takes his paper and and uh, uh, shot wise, it's wonderful that like we follow him, you know, and the camera is like following him while he's like running with the paper, and Todd is trying to get the paper back, and then all these other kids come in and they're all chasing each other. So it's like at first it's like hey, but then it's like this really fun moment. Neil mm-hmm. is like, you know, I, I can't tell my father this. I can't. Uh, I uh, you know, if I I told him like it, it, you know, I I wouldn't be doing this. So I got to do it in secret. And, you know, Todd is like, but what if he finds out what this? And he's like, hey, I didn't even get the part yet. I, you know, I, 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 can I just have this? The scene where they're all doing their, uh, their poems. And actually, side note, in that scene, there's another kid that gets up and he goes, the cat was on the mat or whatever. And Robin Williams, like, you'd think like a teacher would be like, you fucking didn't do the assignment. Like, how dare you? But Robin Williams comes up and he's all like, Hey, like some of the best uh, poems are short and simple. Just don't let yours be ordinary. And like the kid almost like, it's like, oh shit, you're right. And I was like, damn, what a great teaching moment right there. Sort of like, um, I'm not upset, I'm disappointed. What I saw in that was like, oh, like he's kind of telling this student that like, hey, you could be great. And then we have that wonderful scene with Ethan Hawke and Robin Williams, with which might be, if not my favorite, it's one of my favorite scenes where like, you know, he, he didn't write a poem. Like, he was writing it before, but, like, he decided to not share with with the class. And so Josh Keaton is kind of taken aback, and he's like, okay, you're not getting off that easy. Get up on the stage and uh, and give me a yop, right? <laughs> uh, a, a big old yop. 
<laughs> and uh and and so like you know the happens like louder 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 yop and then and then you know uh, uh one moment after the next he's like you know close your eyes you know don't think don't think just say it say it and then he he says something you know in a way is kind of scattered but like if you think about it long enough is actually quite beautiful about just like conformity and or being trapped mm -hmm. or whatever in a blanket or whatever and so like oh and like the way he once again like robin williams is like no everyone everyone crouches you know mm -hmm. down and he and just kind of looks at him and that that look is so fucking beautiful without yeah. saying any words and 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 ethan hawk is expressing himself and 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 mm -hmm. and and he says something very key to ethan hawk where he just like goes up to him you know and touches his head or whatever and says don't forget this so yeah. good yeah no it's it's i think it's interesting because todd and neil have sort of opposite situations right like i feel the the issue with todd's life is you know he's sort of lost amongst his family of these great you know people and he's expected to kind of go along but like when he gets the the desk set or you know for his birthday for the second year in the row and it's like you see that he's not seen as an individual in his family it's just like this is what we do our family's rich you go through this process and it's just it and so um he's shy and he sort of stays to himself and that that whole process of him you know um John Kennedy's trying to like get him out of his shell. You know, it's like, just take up like, cause he, every, when he gets up and he's like, yup, yup. And then as, as soon as he starts to get sort of triggered and he really like <laughs> screams it, it's like, okay, every, the curtain's down, let's go. Like that now, now you're in it, you know, now you can kind of get all this gunk that's out of your head, you know, in your head out. And I think that's his issue. It's like, you kind of have to get out of your own head in order to like get to the good stuff. Hunter, why do you love uh, the scene with with the uh, when Ethan Hawke gets that gift from his parents? I had forgotten about that scene um, being in the movie, uh, and when it happens, it's it you really see uh, Todd's character like for what it is. You know what I mean? Like in the beginning, you kind of see it like, oh, like you're his brother. Wow, that's that's amazing. Um, but you see like how even his parents have like kind of forgotten about him and that it i don't know it makes me that scene makes me sad i mean obviously when the ending when with neil and stuff like that that makes me sad too but it makes me kind of the saddest because it's like it's one thing when like you're forgotten or uh when about like by your friends or by anybody else but like even your own parents kind of like just kind of ship you off to this school and yeah. kind of abandon you a little bit and that's like the most terrible thing that not the most terrible thing you can do to a kid but in short it kind of is you know and so when he gets that gift and neil comes over and like and throws it off the the balcony or whatever it's so fucking awesome and that translates to the ending with ethan hawk uh that scene in the snow which we'll talk about which is one of the greatest acting moments i've ever seen but mm -hmm. Yeah, and also Ethan Hawke in this movie, only 18 years old when he did it. Oh, wow. And only his second movie, I believe. He was 14 in his first movie. Fucking absolutely amazing. Probably the second best performance, I think, in this movie. Robin worked with all these, you know, uh, you know, at the time already, like acclaimed, you know, well-known actors. But then he also worked with young actors that are now huge, like Matt Damon, like Ethan Hawke. You know, it, it's just so interesting. Like, he literally worked with, like, just, like, all kinds of people. 
the connection of um, Neil's character arc and Todd's character arc, where it meets there, I think is so interesting but to see him react and just like be that sort of levity to Todd's character of being like, like it's very aerodynamic or whatever he says. And he's like, you know, yeah. it looks like it wants to fly. And it's like something about that. That's just like, it, it, it brings Todd out from under his sort of like haze of vulnerability of being like, I'm forgotten um, and brings it, you know, up a little bit, which is nice. Yeah. And it, it just perfectly shows their, their relationship, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, they're not just roommates now they're, they're best friends. And uh, mm-hmm. I love that scene so much too. Neil kind of going through the, you know, do I, go after this acting endeavor, which I've, you know, he says he's wanted to do it his whole life, but he's never been able to. Does he go against his father's wishes? Um, and, you know, what what comes of that, you know, what becomes of that? Yeah, uh, perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. That fun stuff. Um. <laughs> I know. Sorry to start going down that dark road. There's a lot of stuff in here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, because, th- yeah, we leave Todd's story for a little bit. Yeah, and we focus more on Neil again. Where, yeah, he, you know, he goes to rehearsal, uh, you know, and, he, and then he's going back to, to class or whatever. You know, rehearsals, goes back to school, and then his father's there. And he's like, did you think I was not going to hear about this? And, let, yeah, let's get into, like, his, uh, Neil and, and his dad's relationship in general. Um, just, just, yeah, just in general. Yeah, it's a rough one. I think it's hard. I think it's one of those things as I've gotten older now that I watch it, like obviously he's still in the wrong and he's not doing it, but you have to sympathize a little bit with a father figure. Like he obviously didn't have much. He struggled to where he's gotten to and he just wants the best for his kid. And it's hard to watch that because you, you see him want it so bad and you see him want success for him so much so that he's, he's blinded by his own child's, you know passions and like him you know opening up his heart saying this is what I've always wanted to do and like I think I I had a similar experience when I told my not not to that degree but like when I first told my parents that I wanted to you know become an actor they were like what no no and for like a, a you know a day or so they were sort of like I don't know like this doesn't this isn't a good idea you shouldn't do it kind of thing um, but then eventually they did come around and, you know, they're great. But I think it's it's sort of that initial, like, this isn't what I wanted for you because you you see the arts as some, somewhere where you struggle and somewhere where it's hard to find success and very few people do. And so you you sort of see that reflected in your own doubts of yourself, I think. But it was it is hard to watch. It's very hard to watch. Yeah, he um, could have been played so one note, but I think the things you yeah. mentioned are, are exactly why he isn't just like a, a mustache twirling bad guy, that he's like mm-hmm. a real person that like, yep. you know, like you can either relate to for, you know, either like a family member, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. or or just like a person who disapproves of what you want to do in life. And and I think that's why it's so real yeah. and everything. And, and uh, you know, in that scene when they're just kind of conflicting or whatever, and he says like, don't disappoint me or something like that and and he leaves him and it's just like oh and then we have that beautiful scene with neil and keating mm-hmm. where uh, uh you know uh he's basically saying like no like oh like be vulnerable open up to your dad you know like he's in the wrong but like show him why you love acting you know and and show him why you're so passionate mm-hmm. and and uh yeah i'm a pool at this point of, of tears <laughs> but but uh but then we 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 kind of cut back later and Neil is like, oh, I, yeah, I talked to him. I think, you know, I, uh, I, I'll i probably, you know, he leaves in a couple of days. I'll, I'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I talked to him. 
And you can just see in, in Robin Williams' eyes that he knows he's lying. You know that he's just like, oh, that's, oh, man. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because he's trying so hard to get through these kids. And, and I think the kind of tragedy of the movie is that in a way he, he gets through, he gets through to some of them for sure. But he, with Neil at the end, it it's not it's 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 not it, he he didn't exactly do that with him or not in the way that should have happened you know mm-hmm. where i think in a lot of ways neil you know did you know find independency and and everything like that through acting and everything and i think that's beautiful but and we'll, and we'll get into it later but yeah it, it just everything at the end with him is just it, it's just it's just not the way josh keating wanted things to happen for him obviously mm-hmm. uh and it's just so sad uh and so yeah we, we uh we we get to the scene where you know he's in the play you know the play's tomorrow mm-hmm. and and here we are at the play uh mm-hmm. and he and he plays puck in midsummer's nights midsummer night's dream and it it's a you know it's a yeah it's just a, a cute sincere you know play everyone's enjoying it his father comes in and, you know, like he just did like, you know, the scene, you know, everyone's loving it. And he sees him, you know, backstage in this really personal moment where he's just kind of taken aback and he doesn't know what to do. And and someone's like, it's your scene. Come on. And 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 so, like, yeah, they finish the play. He kind of looks at him at the end of that monologue. Did you notice that? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Neil kind of looks at his dad, um, which is like, ugh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, so the, the play ends. Right. Everyone loves his loves him and his performance and, and, and everything. And he he he's happy for five seconds, and then uh, his dad takes him away, and he's like, "No, you're not. You're coming with me." And uh, I, because he sees it as a defiance for defiance sake. He doesn't see it as that's his passion, that's his love. He sees it as, "Oh, he's doing this to, in spite of me. He's doing this to spite me," and and it's like. Oh, and and so yeah, and and before I let you guys talk, sorry, I'm, I'm rambling, but um, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, but I, I just want to mention this because it it's the part where I just I think died, um, where you know he's taking him into taking him to his car, Neil, and and then Robin Williams stops and he's like, hey, hey, I, I you know wonderful job, oh you were you know you're beautiful out there, and and he. And then he and then he almost says to him, "You you got to stick with this, mm-hmm. or something like that." Where like you have mm-hmm. to keep doing this, mm-hmm. and it was extremely personal to me. I didn't remember that moment when when he almost says that to him, mm-hmm. because you know uh, uh, I know someone uh, a, di- a director who who said that to me after a performance. Like you have to keep doing this. This is what you have to do, mm-hmm. and for. And for Neil to not hear that is just so devastating, you know? It's just yeah. like, because that, that you know, that sentence could have been like, just like everything to him, you know? Like, mm-hmm. life-saving, to, yeah. Exactly, yeah. life-saving, yeah. you know, to, to hear that. And mm-hmm. he didn't, you know? And, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, it's just devastating. And this is where the dad lost me because I've had this experience with my parents where they were initially, "Eh," but as soon as they saw me enjoying it and saw me loving it. And I think anytime you see someone following their light, whatever that is, and you see them in that and to disregard that completely, especially if they're your child, 
to me, like, I don't, that's where I didn't understand it. That's where I, I, it lost me because I was like, if anything, that would be the moment where you're like, okay, this brings my child joy. This is where my child is shining. Like this is, you know, let him follow that. And the fact that he just completely, like he goes off the rails, that to me, I, 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 that I still don't understand from a parent's point of view. I'm not a parent, but like I, I, I could never picture doing that to a child. It's, it's heartbreaking when he gets home and he's told that he's going to boarding school. It's like to him, that's the last, maybe the last time he's ever seen his group of friends. Right. And I think that's sort of why that was probably, you know, the last straw for him, because it was like this life that I've created that I'm so joyful about has now been ripped from right under me. And it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. He's already dead at that point. Yeah. At that point, it's like, you can see the, you can just see the hope kind of flood out of his face. You know, it's just, it's, it's, you, you can see it in his eyes that it's like, this is it, you know, he's found, it's also so heartbreaking because you, you have this one moment of, you know, the highest high that he's ever had, right. That he's like on stage, he's doing what he loves coupled with this feeling of it being ripped right, right back from him. It's just awful. When you think of it from a teenager's point of view, it's like your life's over. Like it's, that's it, you know, and it's hard for a child to understand all of that having like this flood of joy and positivity with Keating, with his friends, all this thing, and then having it completely taken away. It's just, I can only imagine. Because any other movie, most movies would just have the dad be like, okay, I understand, you know, like, I, I, Absolutely. Love, I love you, son. And it would be just, mm-hmm. at least in this movie, it would be so forced and so like not truthful, yeah. not real. So yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's just reality slaps you in the face in that in that moment. And uh, yeah. and and before I give it to you, Hunter, I, I love the scene where they're kind of fighting at home after everything, mm-hmm. and you think like he's gonna stand up. This is gonna be the moment where he stands up to his dad. Yeah. And then he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, at that point, I was I was a ball of of tears, <laughs> and I was like, "Come on, Neil, stand up to him, stand up to him," and he doesn't. And then his dad says something that I thought was so fucked up where he was all like, oh, well, don't act like it's a uh, it's right after he said like, oh, and then you're going to like you're going to go be a doctor. And he's like, that's another 10 years. And he's like, don't act like it's a prison, a prison sentence. I'm like, no, can't you see it's like much, much worse for him? It's literally like a death sentence to him. I wonder if his father had like a, a similar experience or something like that. Cause he, he always was like, I didn't have the opportunities like that you have to like mm-hmm. you don't mess this up. So it's like, I, I really wonder what his childhood was like. He genuinely thinks he's helping him. And he, yeah. Like, Why can't you just see that? Like, I know better than you. You're just a kid. Like I know, you know, this is what you have to do to be successful. You know, you're dumb. You're dumb yeah. kid. <laughs> you know, yeah, tr- a tradition versus happiness where it's yeah. like, happiness but maybe you're not doing exactly everything you thought you were going to versus tradition oh i have to be this way i have to be this like strict parent and and, like bring so much pain to my son because it's necessary because it's like Mm -hmm. oh no if i don't give this much pain or or this much you know uh, rules and regulations to him you know he won't he won't get what i want for him Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. what what uh he wants 
what Neil Which, wants. What Neil wants for Neil. He wa- he wants what he wants for Neil. And and so it, it's it's a it's a kind of like selfish thing that he doesn't think is selfish where it's like i always wanted to be like a a doctor probably and now i'm just gonna make my son become what i wasn't yeah vicariously through your children which is not the way you're supposed to parent no it's like but i think all parents fall into that at some point right you know you see this little being that you're trying to create and you want the best for them and you know you had your own you know issues and you you think you know what's best but your child's going to be uniquely themselves. Your child isn't an opportunity to relive your own life, you know? Um, Which is why I'm, I haven't had kids yet, but this mm-hmm. is, but it's why, uh, um, like, that's kind of why people have kids in a, in a weird way. A lot it's of like, people oh, have I want them for them the to, wrong reason. Yeah. I want the, Exactly. I want, like to supplant yeah. their ideals, uh, you know, through yeah. them. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I want this thing that looks like me, so it can be me. You know, I, I've heard, I've heard people say that, and it's like, oh shit, that's fucked Very up. Weird. That's fucking scary. <laughs> Very creepy. Um, <laughs> like that's kind of probably why this guy had a kid. It's like, oh no, I, I want him to do the, all the things that I couldn't do, which is very weird because, kind of what this father couldn't do was had the luxury of following a dream, probably. So mm-hmm. you're, you're just denying your kid what your parents denied you. So here's the big scene now. So here's uh, Neil's suicide. So this is a huge moment, obviously, that I've only seen this movie once, but I remember that scene. I, I remember it's so striking to me. I remember exactly like the, the, the crown in the front of, this, uh, of the camera or whatever. And, you know, we see a shadow and he's like opening up the window. And I was like, oh, does he jump out of the house? I forget what, what happens here. Like, I forget how he does it. Yeah. And so like, yeah, it's, uh, it's so, uh, uh, it's so sad. He puts on the crown, you know, like it, it, I don't know if it's intentional, but like the, the, like the shadows on his face, like fill up his face. And like, you know, I, I saw it as like, just like darkness is consuming him Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, he goes downstairs, he gets dad's gun and he shoots himself. And it's just this like, kind of not poetic, I guess. (sighs) I guess it's just just this kind of like, I guess from a just like from a a directing standpoint, it's like striking and and poignant, but like obviously what he's doing is so not right and so so sad that he feels like that's the only way his life can go now and and we don't even hear the gunshot. Um, And and his dad wakes up and he's like, what's going on? and he sees his son is dead and he yells, my son, my son, not Neil, my son, my son. And uh, and his mother is just losing it. I lose it because it's just such a real moment. And I remember the moment with when you just see the smoke coming up from like, because fir- I remember the first time I saw it, I had no idea what was going on. At first, I thought when I saw the gun, I was like, oh, he's going to kill his dad. Like, that was my first thought. I didn't even think he was going to go. And then when he walks in and he's not there and then they pan over, and you just see the like the I remember just being like it's it's such a twist because you don't you just don't see it you know he's in despair you know he's so upset um and then yeah to see the families I've unfortunately had to see something like that before and it's seeing parents grieving their child like that is just it's it's not natural and so it's that I think that's why it's so devastating to see is just it's not the natural occurrence of things it shouldn't be how 
how things go. And just, and I'm sure you are also seeing his, the father's grief of, he probably knows in that moment what happened and why it happened. And it's like this mix of grief and uh, yeah, it's, it's awful. Yeah. So we kind of just live in this darkness for like 10 or so minutes in this movie where, yeah, just living in the, the tragedy and darkness for, 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 it seems like forever. Um, mm -hmm. it, like, yeah. So we, we, we kind of cut back to everyone else now after everything. And, and, you know, we, we see Robin Williams, you know, uh, Josh Keating, uh, you know, go to his desk, Neil's desk and, and see that he wrote something and it's a really quiet, small moment in the grand scheme of things, but it's, it just perfectly shows that like Robin Williams is such a good dramatic actor. Mm -hmm. Was yeah. such a, sorry, I keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Robin Williams. Still, this is the thing, right? Actors yeah. never die. Cause they, they're always sort of in your head as living beings through their work. Right. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, I, I always do that too, but I don't mind it. Cause I feel like it, they are still living in, in my head there's, and it's, I like it better that way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But my, my friends always talk about their students like my kids. You know, they're very, you know, maternal towards their 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 students and him even even more so. So to see sort of what he's left behind in that way is like, and to know he probably feels some guilt as well seeing that. It's like, could he have done anything differently right. to help him? Uh, apparently, I mean, as I said, I, I can listen to Ethan Hawke talk about acting for probably 48 hours on end without having to get up to go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> but he Wow, that's a, that's that's impressive. I I am. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you are impressive. <laughs> Connor LaSalle. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was listening to him talk about this scene and he said like, yeah, originally like like uh, we did it inside, but like. The director didn't like that or whatever and the snow had just like stopped it, it had just stopped snowing outside so like we had a very tight window to get it done outside and so we went out and they did it in one take and they didn't do it again and ethan like him like i don't know just him in the snow it's just very like oh shit, this is really hot like i i didn't see any acting there you know what i mean it's just very real and i i don't know how like being 18 in in this huge movie i don't know how you do that performance i really don't uh, yeah there's so many little moments in that scene as you mentioned hunter mm -hmm. yeah like you know they he's he's breaking down ethan hawk and like they're giving him like snow you know on his you know they're putting it on his face it's just like what I don't know I don't know I don't even know how to explain it. It's just so like personal. Thank God it wasn't a yellow snow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I also something that I like and it definitely wasn't intentional because I, I don't. I mean, you could make it intentional, but like how, when he runs away and he starts slipping in the snow, it's like oh yeah, fuck man. Like I don't know. That's it. Just plays to how how real that moment is for him because like mm -hmm. he's he's not thinking about anything else and he's so in the moment something I, I keep bringing up ethan hawk interviews and i apologize but <laughs> I, I just find him so interesting uh but something he said about like uh um, um a lot of his dramatic scenes he was all like oh i was nervous as fuck because like I, these guys have become my best friends and now i have to go up in front of them as kind of like everybody kind of had their turn in the movie to get up in front of each other to like bring themselves to it and be dramatic and um in a sort of way 
And like, yeah, it's just almost all the odds are like against him in this. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I have to be vulnerable in front of my best friends. I have one take and oh, my friend just committed suicide and I don't want to believe it. Like he even says like his dad did it. His dad did it or something like that. Like he wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I wonder if they did anything on set where they just like didn't have um, like that actor that played Neil, if they just had him like he didn't come back or he was like completely secluded from the rest of them or did something like that to kind of get them in the mindset of like he's gone yeah. or something like that. I, I wouldn't know. be surprised if they did something like that, like a, a yeah. you know, a little stunt like that, like, oh, let, mm -hmm. like he, you're not going to see this guy anymore, like behind the scene, like, like you're not he's not on set anymore. Uh, I'm, well, I'm sure, I'm they, sure have, they did something like that. Yeah. They usually have the moment, you know, when whenever someone's wrapped, you know, they film their final scene. You have like the, you know, the whole thing. Oh God, what and an so awkward, sure what an awkward. Wrap. I know, right? It's like, all right, get get up. <laughs> You're, he's he's good. Hey, everybody, yeah. he's out of here. <laughs> but like, you know, like maybe he they had that moment of he's gone, like he's he's done, and so he's away. Yeah. I think it, it would be interesting to to know kind of how they set that up if there was any sort of method acting techniques involved in that or if it was just because he was very green at that point so i don't know how he was able to kind of um perform that way but like you, know, you never know sometimes it's just the stars align and it just happens you never know mm -hmm. yeah and so we're wrapping up on the film uh and you know uh ethan hawk signs the paper that uh because they think that because neil uh committed suicide they think it's because of all the things that Josh Keating was teaching him that, you know, uh, and, and, you know, that basically they say that he's responsible. And so if you just sign this, you know, we can let him go. You know, he can leave the school. He doesn't have to harm and ruin you guys ever again. And, you know, the, obviously the, the main teacher or the principal or whatever. Uh, and, and, you know, these people, you know, just don't understand. And his father, at, even after Neil is gone, does not understand. Uh, and it's mm -hmm. so sad because that's that's reality too. Sometimes, sometimes even with such a monumental uh, life event, you're you're still set in your ways, and it's really sad. Um, but yeah, so because uh, one of the uh, students rats them out, the the redhead, and I love that because like it it just goes to show that even after everything, sometimes just like reality. You, you don't change your mind. You're still kind of maybe trapped and you, you feel like maybe you, you have to be trapped or whatever. But like that kid doesn't really change his, his attitude, you know, by, by the end. When, once, a th once you're, you know, you're like, fuck the man, right? Fuck the man. And yeah. what happens when the man shows up? Through their perspective, it's like the, this person ruined their lives. You know, like, you know, obviously we know that that's not true, but that's just how they see mm -hmm. it. And that's how reality is sometimes. We have this fun teacher but there's always going to be either a few people or, or or many people who think differently that think like, no, actually what you're doing is very harmful. That's just how it is. That's just I don't care how good you are, how good of a person you are. There's always going to be someone that's like, actually, no, you, you're you not helpful. You're, you're actually a poison. And it's just so mm -hmm. it's just so. Uh, yeah, it's just so real, you know, like it, that, that's why it that doesn't pull any punches this movie. So to, just to kind of wrap up here, um, 
so uh, I just something I noticed. Uh, Robin isn't as isn't in this movie as much as I thought he was, but I still. Yeah. But as opposed to what I said about Goodwill Hunting, <laughs> because I that was my like slight critique. You know, I still love the movie, but that was like my slight critique. Like, oh, I, maybe I want a little more. Technically, I guess he he ha- he has less in this movie, but like the scenes that he's in. Or just like the, the best, impact you know, so, like the, yeah. I, and I think that's kind of the point where it's like it's not necessarily all about Keating; it's about the the consequences of him existing in in real life. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, this guy, uh, you know, I keep saying this, but like, can someone like Robin Williams exist in real life? Yes, he was really that you know wonderful in real life, and and his characters kind of reflect that sometimes. Can someone? Like Josh Keating and and in 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 part the people he influences, you know, can they can they continue to exist in reality? You know, like mm-hmm. after you know everyone's pushing them down, can they still be who they really are? And by the end of the movie, the answer, of course, is yes. And and we have this wonderful last scene where Robin Williams is about to leave the room, and then Ethan Hawke stands on that desk and he's like, "Oh, Captain, my Captain." And it's it's just one of the best endings to a movie maybe ever because it's it's mm-hmm. like he's like like Robin turns he's he's taken aback and 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 then all these other students one by one uh, you know stand up on their desks uh, you know and they see life differently now because of Josh Keating because of Robin mm-hmm. Williams and and. Uh, and yeah, Hunter, I'll, I'll give it to you uh, for for something you wanted to maybe mention. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, is the the thing that I texted you last night right after I watched it, and I just I, I was overcome with emotion, and I, I was like thinking about how this is the perfect movie to end this series on, and what I meant by that was when his last line in this is. Thank you, boys. Thank you. And I was like, oh, my God. It's like he's talking to me and Nick. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, but hear, hear me out. I was I, like, I get it. And, and how, uh, uh, Steph, you said how, like, actors, like, they like they live on. They kind of never die. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking, and I was like, dude, this whole series has been us standing up on the desk and mm-hmm. saying, oh, captain, my captain, and just kind of the brilliance and like how the series was kind kind of us shedding light on what a wonderful performer he was. And like, and even, even uh, side note, even how Nick, we always say like, how did people doubt this man? How did people doubt mm-hmm. what he could do? And I, I was watching an interview with him on, uh, on Letterman and it was for Dead Poets Society, and Letterman was all like, "Oh yeah, like uh, we, the, the movie's playing right across the street. Let's take our camera crew or whatever." And they go in, and he's like, "Oh, maybe we can catch a clip of the movie." And it's the 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 credits are rolling, and he's all <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, my favorite part. This is the part where people lean back and go, that wasn't funny at all.'" <laughs> and I was like, "It's like, mm-hmm. damn man, he 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 doesn't get the." The respect he deserves exactly by the end of the series and you know it's a resounding yes that like robin mm. was not only a wonderful actor but he was a wonderful guy you can be both and and also you know he you know like uh, like everyone misses him you know and mm. i and i wish 
I wish he could have seen that. Uh, mm -hmm. And because, yeah, I, we all miss him so much. He he was such a. He yeah he was just so magnificent. He was purely himself, and that's all we ever needed. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I never met Robin Williams. I never will. He's a but he's a friend to me. Um, and and it's almost like saying goodbye to him all over again. Yeah, it's it's very. I don't know. I, I hate being that guy. <laughs> that's like, oh, it makes it about himself, which I, I, I don't want to do. But also like, damn, I don't know. Like, and not that we're the most fucking famous podcast in the world. I mean, we are the number one podcast in the world. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But, that That is an undeniable yeah. fact. Yeah. Oh, it's it's actually factually an actual fact. But and not that like everybody in the whole world is listening. But like, oh, man, like he is. You know what I mean? It's like wherever we go after we die or whatever, he, he's listening to this. He did have so much more to give, but he he did give us so much. And just like his characters, just like, you know, just like him in general, he gave us so much. And, and then he was gone. And and yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful way to end this miniseries. <laughs> uh, uh, so that was Dead Poet Society. Uh, final thoughts and ratings. Uh, Stephanie, uh, how many, how many, uh, I don't know what dead what, poets, <laughs> how many, yeah. How many dead poets are, are you given this out of 10? Out of 10, um, based on just my, the personal, uh, importance it has on my life. I have to give it a 10 cause it's, it really, it's, it's really high up there for me. So I give it a whole 10 dead poets. Hunter. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Robin Williams is perfect in this movie. Uh, he has an absolutely wonderful performance. And I this is my fourth time saying this, but this is my fourth 10 out of 10 uh, of the series. So, I thought it was your eighth. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Garp. Garp is my... Garp is my, uh, my eighth one. Yeah. I'm changing my review of Garp. 10 out of 10 for this movie. Fucking fantastic. Nicholas? Uh, yeah, easy 10. I mean, you know, besides that subplot, uh, the, it, everything is perfect in this movie. He's perfect in this movie. Uh, I, I, it, it's, it's just one of those movies. It's just one of those movies, just like I mentioned that like he, he left us with such a gift, uh, and it, but just like his whole career. What a, what a man. So yeah. Uh, thank you, Stephanie, so much for being such a wonderful guest. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I feel very important. I was on your last one. And finally, Hunter, where are you ranking this performance? All right. So, out of all the fifteen movies that uh, that we've done here on NYC Actors Talk, Robin Williams. So I'm going to start from the bottom, and I'm going to I'm going to go up to the top. So <laughs> yeah, Number and four. and and just to reiterate, so what is Robin Williams' greatest role, <laughs> Hunter? <laughs> it's not. My number 15 movie, it's not The World According to Garbage. Terrible fucking film. I'm so sorry if you like it. Uh, number four, number 14, Jumanji. So then we got Hook, World's Greatest Dad, Mrs. Doubtfire, Insomnia, Good Morning Vietnam, Birdcage, coming in at number seven, Moscow on the Hudson. Number six, One Hour Photo. We're coming into the top five now. Number five. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Number five, Awakenings. Four, Aladdin. Three, 
Fisher King. Two, Goodwill Hunting, and my number one movie, Robin Williams' best performance is Dead Poet Society, people. It just is. It just is. Oh, Nick, wow. Nick, you look surprised. Everybody looks surprised. I was, I was surprised by a number of those. Like, the only one that I really don't like is Garb. And then, like, really? like Juma- and then, <laughs> do, wait, 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 Hunter Lassau, you do you, do like you not like the world according to Garb? I thought- hey, guys, breaking news. I fucking hate that movie. Um, but, and then Jumanji and Hook are like, they're fine. They're fine. And then after that, I pretty much like all the movies, starting at World's mm-hmm. Greatest Dad. And like, I like all those movies. I do. But it's just, it was so difficult. But my reasoning for, I'll give the reasoning for my top three because those were very hard. Good. Dead Poet Society, Goodwill Hunting, and Fisher King. And all those movies, I got exactly what I wanted from Robin Williams. I got some some pretty like funny moments, but I also got some really heartwarming moments from him. And all those movies, too, are, are very good. And Dead Poet Society is too hard um, not to put it number one because of yeah. how hard I think it is to be not fake in those movies in 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 inspirational roles mm-hmm. you know what i mean it, it, you could very easily come off as like all right fuck you like no it's way gimmicky or sort yeah, of yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. trying too hard exactly. yeah, no, that's true. which and a lot of those people that nick you mentioned before would have played this role i think would have done mm-hmm. um but not robin and so yeah. Yeah. I turn it over to, to you, my good friend. I'm very interested to see what your number one is going to be. Me uh, too. <laughs> did, you, did, you, um, did you do any revising? Because I know I, I did revising on my list. I totally did some revising. Uh, uh, but it's more in the, near the bottom of the list than the top. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, as much as we've been saying, you know, what is Robin Williams' greatest role – at the end of the day, this is all just our opinions, you know, like... No, this I, is fact. This is fact. Um, but this is fact. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so here we go. Um, so at the bottom, uh, Dead Poets... Is, I'm joking. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> okay. <Fuck> um, yeah. <laughs> Don't conform, motherfucker. Don't conform. Number 15, The World According to... Garp! Garp! Uh, number 14, Hook. Number 13, Jumanji. Number 12, Good Morning Vietnam. Number 11, Mrs. Doubtfire. Number 10, Insomnia. Number 9, Moscow on the Hudson. Number 8, The Birdcage. Number 7, Awakenings. Number 6, One Hour Photo. Number 5, World's Greatest Dad. Number 4, Goodwill Hunting. Number 3, Dead Poet Society. Number 2, Aladdin. Number 1, The Fisher King. I love it. I love it. And I love... I love a lot of these performances, but I think, especially when it comes to the top three, those performances to me are just like a perfect use of Robin Williams in in very similar ways, but also very different ways where like, you know, uh, Dead Poets is, you know, it, it's just like, you know, a, a warm and, and a friend and and uh and just like you know a a mentor uh or 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 even family in a way you know that's you know someone you 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 want in your life to support you and then aladdin is just like so funny but also so truthful too like it makes me laugh and makes me cry and same thing with fisher king uh you know i think like you know his best stuff in my opinion is in that movie you know he's he's used perfectly but also like he has just enough screen time you know it's just like uh 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 and it's weird it's 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 literally like 
Robin Williams in a nutshell for me, that performance. It's just like everything that he stood for, everything that he was. It's beautiful. So yeah, those are my, those are my, uh, th that's my ranking. Actually, oh my gosh, my number one is actually Old Dogs. Oh crap. Get out. I forgot to say it. <laughs> Get out. You're done. I agree with you. Not not that they're my picks too, but I, I, I agree. I tip my hat off to you guys for even being able to do that because <laughs> I don't think I, I would have, I don't think I could have put a cohesive uh, list together. Thank you, Stephanie, uh, for, for being, uh, again, for being a great guest. Thank all of you for listening to our final episode of NYC Actors Talk and Robin Williams. Uh, we have been NYC Actors Talk Film. That's our, you know, actual, you know, whole show. But th this was a mini series, a, a, a part of our uh, podcast, NYC Actors Talk Film. You can find us on Spotify, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, we have a website, NYC Actors Talk Film. Just type that up and you'll find us. Uh, YouTube channel, we got that. Uh, uh, find us at NYC Actors Talk Film. Uh, we got video versions of our episodes. Uh, tune in next week. Nope, it's it's over. I don't know why I almost said tune in next week for the next episode, even though there is no next episode. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, please rate. Oh no, shout out to. J <laughs> oh no. Oh yes. Uh, ho, ho. Uh, a shout out. <laughs> shout out to Joey Dalton for the amazing artwork. Thank you so much, Joey. Uh, uh, you made you made this uh, a mini series special just through your amazing artwork. Yes. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you again for listening, everyone. And uh, I know this might be cheesy, and I know this might be stupid, but fuck it. Let's do it anyway. Uh, I just kind of want to... I just kind of want a moment of silence for Robin Williams. And, and I, I, I just want us to, I don't know, thank him for everything. So, yeah. Thank you, Robin. <laughs>